it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. So absolutely delighted to be joined in what we can now call a traditional preseason chat, because this is the third season in, in a row we've had the pleasure of your company. Please welcome Kevin Harlan. How are you, sir? Cam, Paul, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. I was, uh, I think I've told you before, our son-in-law uh, lives in London. He plays for the London Lions of uh, the British Basketball League. So he uh, plays all over Europe and um, played at the University of Wisconsin with their two final four teams back in 14 and 15, 2014-15. And our daughter, who is married to Sam Decker, and their little one-year-old baby boy are over there. They love London, but they love traveling all over Europe, uh, Scotland, down to Spain and into Turkey. So they they have a uh, wonderful appreciation for uh, uh, where you are. And uh, we as a family have grown to love London and surrounding areas, Scotland, Edinburgh, um, uh, uh, and, and all parts of Europe uh, so much more. We've, we've enjoyed traveling over there and have many more trips planned. Ah, that would be brilliant to see you the next time you're in Edinburgh then. There's more than a few whiskeys on us that were due you. That's for sure. That's for sure. I love them. <laughs> um, so we're, we're set recording this. It's a matter of days before the NFL season. First of all, have you had a good summer and have you had time to recuperate and spend with the family before all the chaos starts again? I have, uh, Cam. We, um, uh, but the last thing I did was before preseason football began, where the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat in the NBA, and then our network doesn't do the finals, so I just did the Eastern Conference Finals, and then we head up to Wisconsin, which is on the Great Lakes in the middle of the country in the north, uh, very close to Canada. And um, I grew up close to here, and we spend our summers here. Our kids. All visited. Our oldest daughter got married, so that's the third daughter to get married. I've been a very blessed man to have uh, the chance to walk three of my daughters down the aisle, and uh, all the while getting ready for a football season. So I did the Packers preseason games. Each NFL team hires their own TV crew. In the regular season, the networks have the games, but in the preseason, each of the 32 teams picks their own TV crew. And as I think I've told you before, I do the Packers and uh, have done them since 2003 and enjoy it. And so um, I've done three of their games. So I've had a chance to see the Packers and three other teams. So I've seen four teams already. This week I'll have the Chiefs and Detroit Lions game for CBS Radio and Westwood One. Um, Then we go to Los Angeles on Sunday for the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. And then I'll take a red eye to New York after that game to do the Jets and the Buffalo Bills with Aaron Rodgers beginning for the Jets. So um, a lot of football is what I'll be seeing here the next week. I'll have seen um, uh, at least a quarter of the teams in the NFL through week one, including my preseason. So it always it always serves me well to have seen these teams in person. Oh, how, str- how strange was it not seeing Aaron Rodgers kicking around Green Bay? <laughs> I know he didn't traditionally play in the preseason, but not to have his presence there must have been very different. Paul, very strange indeed. We uh, uh, had the theme, of course, on our broadcasts of the new quarterback, Jordan Love, who's been the understudy, much like Rodgers was an understudy for three unders under Brett Favre. 
And so it's ironic that we've got these two Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, that have been on the roster at one time or another, one or the other or both, uh, since 1992. Uh, 1991, excuse me. So it, 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 it's, it's startling to see what the Packers are now. But they've been energized by uh, having a turning of the page, a, a new chapter open. And they're a young team. Uh, uh, Jordan Love acquitted himself very well in the preseason. But it's difficult, as San Francisco found out with Joe Montana and Steve Young as back-to-back starting quarterbacks there uh, to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. And um, But I think at the same time, um, I, I think people are, are anxious and excited for the change. And we'll see how it unfolds. But I think they're very optimistic, the Packers are, about what they have and, and what direction this new quarterback can take them. How do you think he's done so far in the preseason? Uh, obviously, he's he's kind of had a similar introduction to Green Bay like Aaron did, where they've parked him for a while. Do you think he's come in off the bench with that number one uh, position and, and started like he should? Or is there more that you want to see from him to, before you commit to anything? Well, clearly, Cam, as you guys know, um, the NFL regular season is a completely different speed ferocity, velocity, and I guess you really don't know until, you know, you sit in that seat, the number one quarterback, and and have that uh, as your mantle as you enter a season and face a pretty daunting schedule, uh, as all these teams do. All these teams are good. Um, the, the margin between the good and the bad is very thin, and a lot of times it's an injury here or an injury there. So, um, I, I, th- I think the team's in back of him. I think the organization has shown that they are uh, fully supporting him. But, you know, it's a league where you've got to prove yourself. And after, uh, you know, a year or two, th- they don't see it. They will move on. That's just the way this league is. You've got to win now. Every year begins a win now mentality. So uh, everything is in place for this kid to succeed. Uh, the players love him. Uh, he has watched a great quarterback prepare and execute, and that's going to serve him well. Uh, they've made it a very friendly offense for him to run. Uh, he's been in it, like you say, three years. He knows where all the skeletons have skeletons, so to speak. So he's he's ready, and um, and I think he's got the support of of the city and the and Packer uh, Packer fans every place of uh, how he could do and. And what he'll do. It, it will be exciting. I think whenever you kind of put your chips in the middle and say, let's, we're going to ride with this, uh, there's always kind of an edge of your seat philosophy that you take covering the team and following the team. And I think that's squarely where Packer fans and, and people that cover the team are right now. There's a number of teams around the league that you look and you say it's a very interesting position at quarterback. But just to touch on what you said there, you're either in or you're out. Look at Trey Lance in San Francisco. You know, the hype around him, everything that they traded to get him. And now, you know, for a fourth or fifth round pick, he's off to Dallas and his career in San Fran is over. Yes. Uh, they traded three number one picks to move up in the draft to get Trey Lance, who had a very limited college exposure, uh, but had all the tools. And a lot of times, especially in the NBA, um, you draft on potential. Uh, the NFL 
has a measure of that too. And I thought they, uh, you know, pursued every different path to figure out if this kid had what it took to be in the Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco. He couldn't stay healthy, shoulder, leg, um, wasn't getting the reps in practice, didn't do the offseason because he was always injured. And I think they felt like uh, while that injury was occurring, they kind of stumbled on this other quarterback, Brock Purdy, uh, who is an afterthought, last guy in the draft taken. And uh, he started checking every box they were looking for. Composure, confidence, uh, skill and reading, uh, pocket comfortability, uh, arm strength, all of it. Leadership, you know, he he was he was hitting every mark. And while this Trey Lance was busy trying to uh, not only get healthy, but at the same time live up to his high draft status, top five pick. So it has been um, painful for San Francisco to trade him. They did get a fourth round pick, which they're excited about because they get something out of it. And they give the kid kind of a chance to maybe catch his breath a little bit and not be in the spotlight. And also, I think, alleviate some issues in San Francisco. Rock Purdy is a quarterback that came in uh, and did a great job after Jimmy Garoppolo was injured. Garoppolo is now at the Raiders starting. And uh, and now and then Purdy, remember, was hurt in the NFC Championship game at Philadelphia and had some very significant tendon tears and, and, and ligament issues in his throwing arm, which have been operated on and have healed. And he is... He's going to start week one. So um, it looks like maybe for all concerned, it's turned out great. But I think you're always going to look at that draft and think, my goodness, you had three number one picks and you traded up. And just think where those other number one picks could be in, in the landscape of your team right now. So it will be it will go down as one of the worst trades up in the draft in the history of the NFL, unless Trey Lance becomes a superstar quarterback, but it won't be with San Francisco. It'll be with Dallas or some other team. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and and these are just one of the the stories, the Jordan Love story, the Brock Purdy story, so much coming out of this. Obviously, that and Rogers moving to New York story in itself is a fascinating one. Uh, and we've had the benefit of getting a sneak preek through Hard Knocks this year, and we've seen a bit more of what he's all about and what he brings to New York. Looking at the two games that you're covering week one, I mean, you've got two absolutely, you know, top table tilts you know this is four teams that are legitimate contenders hope springs eternal and there's perhaps no sport better than the nfl when it comes to every team at this stage thinking they can do it genuinely you've got to cover four teams here that could very well go all the way this season which one of the four are you most excited about seeing well and, and that also includes kansas city you know the defending champs against detroit which yep. is the talk of the league because of what they did last year how they finished and their quarterback, Jared Goff, didn't throw an interception for the last nine games of the year. And so they're in Detroit, man, they are excited. And that is an organization that has had very little success. Kansas City trying to defend a title, that'll be difficult. But they've been three of the last four Super Bowls. So they've got confidence and they know they can get there. Um, but but Tua Tungavailoa in Miami uh, was drafted number five. And Justin Herbert of the L.A. Chargers was drafted number six and there was a big debate of who miami should draft and they chose tua over justin herbert 
And we know the Chargers made the playoffs last year. Miami made the playoffs last year. And, and that is a great storyline coming in. And, um, and that will be a very entertaining game. But the game that everybody has circled clearly, the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo is always picked to go to the Super Bowl, and they have disappointed immensely over the last couple of years with the top-flight quarterback and Josh Allen. And Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he'll be 40 in December. And, um, the, the, you know, the hard knocks you talked about, which I watched just like you guys, uh, he it has seemed to be a perfect marriage so far. They are getting the swagger and the confidence they need from their quarterback. They've got a defense that may be second to none in the NFL. They've got skill players uh, on offense for Rodgers to work with. The big question is their offensive line, and it is not that good. But offensive lines are tricky. Offensive lines can get good during the middle of the season. Auto automatically, it just kind of kicks in, and they become what they need to be. So I think there's hope that that group could gel as they go into the season. But clearly, all eyes are on Aaron Rodgers. And why not? What he's done, four-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, coming from historic Green Bay. Um, you know, the, the, the departure from Green Bay was a little messy, eventually traded. And now he's with this team that many people think, if they get quarterbacking, they could be the team in the AFC. So uh, that Monday night in New York uh, with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback in a big game, uh, that's going to have a lot of electricity to it for sure. TV networks and really get things wrong in terms of draw. And of course, the Jets, I think, are in prime time so often in the first few weeks. So it'll be really yeah. interesting to see. The Hard Knock series, do you think, it helped the image of Aaron Rodgers because I, I, I don't know. I just got the, the feeling he had the chance to shine in that program and he took it. Is that fair? Yeah, great, great evaluation, Cam. Yeah, I, I uh, uh, Paul, rather, he, he, uh, he, I think, changed the opinion of a lot of people with how he interacted with his team, uh, how he would want to just kind of be one of the guys even though he is in some cases 20 years older than the next guy that's next to him, you know, I mean, uh, he's an old guy for in football terms. And uh, I think it helped him considerably showed a sense of humor, uh, showed an all in attitude. Um, you know, that that's kind of the beauty of hard knocks is that I don't know if you guys saw also the quarterback series where they had uh, Patrick Mahomes um, and they had Mariota who had played and started in Atlanta last year. And and then um, and then the quarterback with the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Um, I think they all came across very well. I think because you're so far away from the field, and they've got the helmet on and the mask, you don't realize kind of what they're like. You see a quick soundbite on on a on a sports program, or you hear it on radio, and and you really don't get an insight into what these guys go through to get to where they are. And I think Mahomes acquitted himself very well. Kirk Cousins came across as a guy you'd want your daughter to marry. Uh, just a, a wonderful human being, let alone a, a, a very polished quarterback. And then Mariota, you know, who was a Heisman winner, is a kind of a disappointing pro career. Now he's with Philadelphia as a backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts, um, but was a starter last year with Atlanta. And we got rare inside access to just how they prepare each week, what their family lives are like. <clears throat> and it was very uh, it was very compelling. So we enjoyed that. 
Uh, my wife and I uh, watched all those and we really loved them. Um, but I, I think that Rogers has definitely painted a different picture of himself. All we got out of Green Bay was what, that he was surly. He was um, uh, uncomfortable. Um, he was a problem. And I don't think that was the case. I just think it got to the point where um, he was incredibly expensive. Uh, the team was ready to make a turn. They did it with Favre and, and they've done it with Aaron. And, and listen, uh, Joe Montana didn't stay with San Francisco. He went to Kansas City. Peyton Manning didn't stay with the Colts. He went to the Denver Broncos. Joe Namath didn't stay with the Jets all those years. He eventually ended up in the West Coast with the with the Rams. So um, uh, Johnny Unitas, I mean, like all these great quarterbacks never finished with who they started with. That's been very, very rare. Um, Troy Aikman did. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes, I think, at the end of the day, uh, more business taking hold than than sentimentality. Um, those days are probably over, unfortunately. Uh, we'll find out for Aaron Rodgers if this works. He's got a lot in front of him, clearly, and 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 we'll see if this is going to stick. I personally think it will if he stays healthy. If Rodgers is healthy, the Jets will be everything we think they are in the preseason. For the Jets as well, it's an interesting one. But looking back at the quarterback record they've had since Brett Favre was there for that single season, of course, you know Aaron Rodgers is following Favre's footsteps so far. But for for New York Jets fans, they've had so many rookies come in uh, and perhaps struggled behind poor offensive lines. Uh, if head coaches that are perhaps not that experienced, uh, a stumbling Jets team that's perhaps not been great for careers. This is a real opportunity for them and a real exciting moment where not only is Rodgers coming in, but it feels like the Jets across the board, offensive line question marks aside, there's a lot of exciting talent. Sauce Gardner, um, obviously Garrett Wilson out on the wing. Um, yes. Brees Hall looks that if if Brees can come back fully fit, then you know they have an exciting young team with this absolute master at quarterback. There's a lot to be excited about, and you'd like to think even from Zach Wilson. I think to the point, what came across nice there was it felt like Rogers is kind of looking after Zach a little bit. He's not seeing a quarterback contest here because there really isn't one, um, and that's been a really nice thing to see. And it's good for Zach Wilson. It's good for the Jets to think beyond the next two three years. And actually, Zach Wilson, we may have written him off, but a couple of years on the bench, sit behind Aaron, learn a few things. Zach Wilson's career could flourish uh, just when he's hitting his prime. Yeah, Cam, you bring up a, an excellent point. Uh, and I also had Dalvin Cook, by the way, another running back yep. that they've gotten who uh, was so successful for the Vikings. But running backs, as you all know so well, if you follow football, is not a uh, not a, a priority for a lot of teams um, because uh, they want more money and it's hard to fit them in the cap and they seem to be expendable and their shelf life is short and you can get, sign one off the street and they can, they can perform. But getting a veteran like Cook, I think, really is a, uh, was a really good move by the, by the Jets. Last year, when Rodgers was still with the Packers, the Jets came to Green Bay to play a preseason game. And during the week before that game, they had joint practices. And uh, Zach Wilson, who was a high draft pick by the Jets a couple of years ago, at quarterback out of BYU, um, had always said, my idol has always been Aaron Rodgers. I patterned my game after Aaron Rodgers. That's who I want to emulate. And so when they were on the field for the same time uh, during those practices, Rodgers uh, connected with Zach. And, um, and if you go back and look at some of the 
footage, uh, Zach Wilson had his mouth open and his eyes open, like unbelieving that he was talking <laughs> with Rodgers. Now he's his teammate. And as you say so accurately, Rodgers is taking it on, uh, you know, on his own uh, pace to bring Zach Wilson under his tutelage and under his wing. And it's, it is fun to see that. That was another endearing part of Hard Knocks is how much the veteran quarterback is trying to get this kid ready. It, it helps when you've got someone that, that appreciates what you've done, as Zach has done to Aaron. Uh, but there is a real like between those two. That's going to be a good story to watch. And Wilson will be all the better for it. Whether he takes it and runs with it, I, I would like to think he would. He's athletically incredibly gifted. But you just never know in this league what happens. I will say this. Uh, Rodgers, again, has shown another facet of what he can be for that organization, a mentor, uh, in addition to his leadership and his great skill on the field. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go. Interesting you mentioned running backs and what the NFL thinks of them. I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday with Mark Ingram, the former Saints running back, who's transitioning into television this year. And when asked if he was retired, he says, well, look, he says the college season ends at the start of December, are we ready to come back for week 15 or 16 for a team that's going to the Super Bowl? Which I thought was a lovely answer. So. Yeah, yeah, Paul, you're you're on top of this league. This running back, this running back situation, I think a lot, you know, a couple years ago, um, there was a running back, and for whatever reason right now, uh, Le'Veon Bell with Pittsburgh. Remember, he, he, he was, uh, at that time, probably the number one running back in pro football as a receiver, as a blocker, and as a runner for the Steelers. He was, uh, he was the, they had Roethlisberger quarterbacking, but Le'Veon Bell was the guy. And he held out um, and uh, sat out the entire year because he didn't feel that the money was fair. And uh, he came back a year later, not with Pittsburgh. I think he went to uh, Kansas City for a while, maybe Philadelphia. He, he went, he bounced around, never the same, never the same. But he was old, and I think Pittsburgh saw that he was his skills were beginning to erode a little bit. Um, uh, what Jerry Jones did with Ezekiel Elliott down in Dallas will be the last great running back contract that will be given. Uh, I know that Derrick Henry in Tennessee, who is uh, as good a back as the league has seen, not just now, but in a generation perhaps, and what he can do that runs for power and great speed and what he means to that offense he, he is up for a contract after this season, and he has pledged to say, I'm going to be a 2,000-yard running back. I'm going to show you the value of what a running back can mean to a team in this league. So um, uh, uh, these running backs, and then, of course, the failure with Elliott and Dallas and the Jerry Jones massive contract has just scared teams uh, because these guys do. They're, they're, they've got, and, and, and they're going by the analytics, and history shows that the long-term um, running back in this league is few and far between. And and really, if you get three or four good years out of these guys, you've hit the jackpot. And if you can get five or six out of them, uh, it's it's close to a miracle. And that's kind of what teams are banking on because they're, the erosion in their skills, the constant pounding they take, very evident. So some teams now are saying, we're going to try to get wide receivers and we're going to try to see how we can kind of fuse them maybe into that position and make the receiver running back position kind of like one, kind of like they're doing with fullbacks and tight ends. A fullback now can play tight end. He can be another offensive lineman. They set him in the slot. They put him all over the place. Um, and, and, and they become kind of a niche 
player a fullback has because he can play so many positions. We're seeing teams now trying to get running backs more as receivers, maybe not the constant pounding, maybe try to get more life out of them, uh, extend their skill set. Um, so, so that kind of is an evolutional, uh, evolutionary uh, position right now that is still evolving and may evolve even further this year in the NFL. It's one of the many fascinating stories that we've got ahead of us as well. And I think that this is the part, you know, I talked about hope springs eternal. This is the part of the NFL season where it just just feels like pure optimism across the board with maybe one or two teams as an exception, but we'll not, we'll not sling mud here. There's a few exciting stories, though. Sean Payton coming into Denver. Obviously, can the Jacksonville Jaguars continue to thrive under Trevor Lawrence, who seems to be more of the great player we thought he was going to be coming out of college? And um, outside of the obvious big teams is there a team that for you you're really looking forward to see how they develop over the season well i think miami and i'm going to see them twice in the first three weeks i got them against denver and russell wilson week three in miami and then i've got them as i mentioned before week one out in los angeles end of this week um uh, miami uh they won three last year to begin the season then lost three then they won five in a row and then lost five in a row. And the problem was the depth. They, they couldn't stay healthy, in particular the quarterback, uh, who had the number one quarterback rating in terms of all the different metrics you use to measure these quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, Tonga Vailoa, if he stays healthy, becomes a, 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 a that, that Miami team becomes a different kind of team. And one of the reasons why is they've got Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill as their two receivers. There's not a speedier duo uh, on any team in the NFL. They're magnificent, and they change a game. Uh, and then it opens up a little for the run game, and they want to run more this year. All teams want to run more. But it's a passing league, as we know. So uh, keeping Tua healthy and upright will be huge. So Miami, to me, I'm very curious. You mentioned Denver because of Peyton there and Russell Wilson, who has lost a lot of weight. Uh, I, he, he has uh, been kind of harnessed in a little bit by his head coach. Peyton brings incredible uh, credentials as a Super Bowl winning court, uh, coach and I think that Wilson feels like he can uh, thrive under Sean Payton's offensive mind and philosophy and I think Denver will be a better team um, uh, aside from that I just think that uh, you know all eyes are on Dallas will the Giants be as good as they were uh, seemingly uh, last year they beat Minnesota in a first round playoff game went to the second round lost to Philadelphia but again made it you know one deep into the playoffs um and and I think those kind of team I, I think that the Chargers probably have a lot of intrigue just because they've got a quarterback who's is the highest paid in the league right now uh per year and and uh and has has got this ceiling that people think is unlimited uh, but they they were 10 and seven last year and and they should be better with that quarterback. So they could be a team that could explode. Um, there are very few teams I look at. Arizona as a team, no chance. They, 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 they're, 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 they're building for the future. They're trading picks um, and they may even trade Kyler Murray if they can. I think they want to get out from under his heavy contract. There are some teams, that you get, the Rams, I just don't know where they sit. After winning a Super Bowl two years ago, five wins last year, I, 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 they went all in, and so they had incredible woe with their cap, and and they couldn't dig out of it last year. I don't know if they're going to dig out of it this year, but there are teams I think that 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 remain 
Uh, and I'll put Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota from from this division. Atlanta, I think, feels like they're trying to get a you know, like we could go team to team, and and I think every team has a component that you say, okay, if they can lasso this, uh, yeah. they should be able to take off. So um, uh, that's a great thing, as you mentioned earlier about what this part of the year means. It means excitement on every fan base uh, about what their team can possibly do this upcoming season. What I find interesting is we spoke before we started the podcast about college football and a couple of the upsets already within college, you know, LSU losing at home. Deion Sanders, once he comes out of his shell and starts to engage with the media, it's going to be very interesting to see how he gets on. But there is that that capability of an upset. And if you're a team that have got playoff ambitions, you don't want to get hijacked in the first couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm looking at games that I think... Actually, quite intriguing. 49ers-Steelers, to me, is quite an intriguing game. Because, again, I think that's a tone setter. I think the game you're going to, the Dolphins-Chargers, that's a tone setter. And the interesting thing, Kevin, I was going to ask you about, I think this is a chance for the Chargers to take charge of LA and the market. Because I think they've been seen as the sort of secondary tenant to that market. But do you sense they could upstage the Rams over the next, say, five years? Well, Paul, the thing that, that that is most intriguing is you've got one of the older quarterbacks in Stafford truly in his last games in the NFL. I don't know how much longer he wants to play. The arm is good. Uh, it was not at the beginning of last year as they were defending their title. Um, but Herbert is truly one of those quarterbacks that every general manager drools over just because of, of what he has shown and what he can do in that arm strength. He, he played last year with broken ribs that he got early in the season, and he was never the same, although he, he plowed through, and he has thrown for more yards through three years than any other quarterback in pro football history, more touchdowns. He's He is an amazing quarterback, and, and a quarterback is your number one lure for all fan bases, and I think that the, the Chargers feel like they could – they could capture that market. Now, the Rams have a history in L.A. I don't know what that means to fans. Probably means something. And and the guy that built the stadium is the Rams owner and kind of brought the, the Chargers in as a as a second tenant to, to really make that thing shine. So every week there's a game there. Um, but but I do think the market is a little up for grabs right now. L.A. is a, is a funny NFL market because of, of the weather and the, the multitude of things to do. It has not been viewed as a great NFL market, but it's hosted a Super Bowl. They may have the best stadium in pro football. Uh, but Los Angeles, there's a lot going on out there. A lot of hockey, a uh, lot of basketball, um, a lot of colleges, um, two big schools that will soon be in the Big Ten Conference, leaving the Pac-12, UCLA and USC. Um, there's a lot going on out there, not to mention the beach and 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 and, and Hollywood. I mean, there's just, there's just a ton. So to, to bring those fans in is a real chore. And both teams, even as a Super Bowl champion, the Rams have, have I think, uh, tried to get some traction with that. And it's been difficult, especially the way they responded last year after winning it two years ago. So the quarterback remains kind of the thing. Uh, if that kid, and, and there are people that will tell you, uh, Mahomes, Herbert, like like they are like like uh, Josh Allen, Burrow, like those the that's kind of the that's the four with maybe a Tua and and uh, coming up as a, as a fifth like like those are the guys people are watching, and and if Herbert can take off and that team take off early, uh, they could very easily sway a lot of the people that are on the fence and bring them into that stadium. That state I, I don't know if either of you have been in it, 
but uh, it, it, it is unbelievable. It, it is, it is, it is what every owner, if they close their eyes and could imagine what their stadium would look like someday, that is the goal to to be what they've got in LA. It's it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal structure. And is so, it a good, sorry, yeah, hi, Is it a good place to call games? I'll tell you, we we were lucky enough uh, last season to be joined by Mike Hoss, the voice of the New Orleans Saints. And we'll get around to talk about the potential Super Bowl winning Saints in a moment or two. Um, but, he, but he was mentioning to me that they're so far away from the action at SoFi Stadium. It's almost scary. Is it, is it a better radio. television? That's for, radio. For, radio. Yeah. Yeah. for radio. Television ball. better, I trust. It is. Yeah, we're at the 50. We, we're, we're at a lower level. I do radio there too for Monday night. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's challenging. Uh, it's very challenging. Um, and I would say that most radio venues in the NFL are challenging. They have taken what were great locations in booths over the years, and they have uh, revamped their press boxes, moved the press into the corner this way, moved the broadcasters of radio the radio teams the other way. And the only thing right now is in uh, the middle is is the TV networks. And we're surrounded by fans. It used to be we'd, we'd be in the middle of the at the 50, uh, lower level, great view, and we'd have maybe the home radio on this side of us and and the and the way radio over here, and then the press box, we could see the writers. No longer. It's it's changed dramatically. They make too much money from these from these great vantage points. So the teams have all basically taken their great, you know, uh broadcast views and 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 made them very very challenging for us on the radio side and because I do radio I appreciate that so when I step into a booth at the fifty yard line with a great view uh, I I am very appreciative of that for television on Sundays with CBS. Now you'll need to correct me if my assumptions are wrong here, but I'm going to assume if we were to ask you your favorite old time NFL traditional stadium, you're going to say Lambeau Field. And yeah, based on what you're saying there, SoFi is probably the opposite end of the shiny new ones. This is what everyone should aspire to. Is there any well, other stadium uh, yeah. that stands out as a, a favorite of yours that you just love the feel of the setup being there? Yeah, the, and you're right. I, I love I love Lambeau because of the history. Lambeau Field, may, uh, built back in the mid-50s, is the third oldest professional stadium of the four major sports in the U.S. Wrigley Field, home of the Cubs, Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox, and then Lambeau Field. So it's got incredible history. And I would say, too, to your audience – um, if you ever get to the States and you love football as much as Cam and Paul do, um, that uh, you on your bucket list, you have got to go to Lambeau Field. Uh, the outdoor uh, tailgating is second to none. The fans are uh, people that have gone there literally since uh, their names have been on a waiting list to get a ticket to go there since they were born. The day they're born, their family puts their name on the wait list. And they got 144,000 names right now for a 77,000 seat stadium, but there's a great hall of fame in the city. Uh, literally the stadium is in a neighborhood. Now the big thing with these stadiums guys is they're building extensions of their stadiums and making like little pockets, like little miniature towns. Like they want to connect like a little Disney world type atmosphere. So in green Bay, they have bought about four blocks 
uh, outside the stadium and they've made uh, restaurants and a football field and a play area for kids and a pro shop where you can buy all kinds of things. Bob Kraft has done it with the New England Patriots. They've got a hotel and office space and their Hall of Fame. All these teams now, that's what they want to do. They want to make the stadium not just a, a 10 event, you know, date in the fall type destination. They want to make it a year-round destination where you can go take a tour of the stadium and go to their Hall of Fame and then go eat at the restaurant and do it maybe in May or in, in February when the season's over. We're not playing. So, um, uh, but but I, I, I like the, the uh, indoor stadiums are not my favorite. I do like the Vikings home in Minnesota and Minneapolis uh, really done well. Um, and then I think you look for atmosphere and Pittsburgh's got great atmosphere and Philadelphia's got great atmosphere. Cincinnati is beginning to get that with the six success of their team. Uh, there are some that you don't really care for that much that are in the process of looking for a new destination. A lot of them are kind of alike, quite honestly. Um, if, if you just plopped your, if you closed your eyes and plopped yourself in a seat and opened up, you go, uh, am I in Philly or am I at MetLife stadium? You know, like, like some of them are a little, a little bit alike, but, but um, I don't, I don't, Arizona indoors and, and very claustrophobic Detroit is kind of that way too. What they did in Minnesota is they got these translucent panels as a ceiling and they got a big window uh, in one of the end zones in, in Las Vegas, they've got that too. So in Vegas, you look out at the Vegas strip, which is pretty cool. And in Minnesota, you look at downtown Minneapolis, which is really cool. And, and in, in Indianapolis, they can open the doors and, and let in, uh, they can open the, the roof and they let in sun and air and they can open these gigantic windows and they, they level off. And so you've got outdoor blowing in. So um, it really, all of them are cool in, in some way, but Lambeau clearly is my number one. And just in terms of what the modern stadium would look like, I would think that every owner probably is trying to be uh, they were trying to be Jerry Jones in Dallas, and now I think they're trying to be what uh, what they built out in LA, which is spectacular. Oh yeah, yeah, I love the look. I love the look of of these stadiums. Interesting. I was I, I was in New England. I went to the Patriots during the closed season um, a few years ago. I had a look around the stadium. I uh, couldn't go into it for various reasons. Didn't go into the pro shop because it was the Patriots and it wouldn't have felt right. But yeah. it, it was it was highly impressive uh, the amount of I think Toby Keith, the country star, had a restaurant there. You know, yes. it was built up as a as a big, big destination place. And it is interesting. Just to flip on to the Saints for a moment, the Saints don't own their facility. That's owned by Louisiana. Now there's a lot of work going on there might cost kindly took us round there in the summer because I was in New Orleans uh, oh. but some teams so, yeah it was lovely it was it was very kind of Mike to take to take my my son and I around the stadium and see these oh, nice. improvements Cameron and I were there five years ago and uh, generally Cameron some of the it, it was a very dark claustrophobic place but they, they're opening it up so much I think it's going to be wonderful but I think the Saints have that they don't really have the the infrastructure to build as a team Around there, and it's interesting to see the Patriots do. It's interesting to see uh, Green Bay do. It'd be interesting to see what they do in Buffalo as well. Yes. Um, you know, because I think that that's a big thing in Buffalo. Because being a small market, I think when you're coming to look for a new a new stadium, it's a very difficult thing. You want to make sure that you get it right. Uh, new Orleans does have a kind of an extension. It's called the French Quarter. 
and they, <laughs> that, that makes it very nice. So they've kind of got their built-in extension, but you're right. Uh, that, that dome is many years old. It's maybe 50 years old. Like it, it's shocking how old it is. And it's held tons of big events, final fours and, and Super Bowls certainly. And, and it is, it's a, it's a, it's a completely different feel there. Your depth perception is a little bit off. It is a little bit dark, uh, because the, there's no way to open the roof. And that unfortunately makes it just a little bit different. So I, I, I would tell you that, um, uh, you know, some, and, and that's a small market and, and, uh, but Louisiana sometimes finds the money to do things. They know they're a destination for college, big college football games and, and final fours in college basketball and certainly the NFL and, and, and the Super Bowl. And they'll be on the rotation. They're such a great host. Uh, but a new stadium, uh, they've thought about it. It's been looked at. And they just, you're right, uh, Paul, they keep, they just keep adding different things, trying to open it up as much as they can. But they're kind of, they're kind of landlocked in where they are and what they can do. And um, that, that will be a, a challenge for them to, to get a new stadium. But clearly someday, 50 years, that stadium is going to, is, you know, it's survived Katrina. It has survived a lot, and and we'll have to see how much longer it survives. Absolutely. Um, do you know what? When you were talking there, Paul, describing the atmosphere, it's the closest thing I can think is a football stadium that's like Space Mountain at, at Disneyland. Like there's a very similar dark, thunderous feel when you're sitting in the stadium. Sure enough, I just had a look there. And they're both opened in the same year, both opened in 75. So clearly Space Mountain and the Superdome <laughs> uh, got something in common. Um Kevin, it's always wonderful to speak to you. The the last question before we let you go. Um, do you know yet if you're likely to make it over to Europe for the UK or Germany games this year? You know, uh, CBS does not have any of the... Uh, Is it not? I was yeah, trying to find out. And, 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 I, and I'm sick to my stomach. We've gone over there. My wife and I have. I told you our daughter's over there with her husband and, and baby. And... Um, uh, I would love to go over there. Uh, the The response from Europe, uh, Germany, the UK, and I and I do see expansion. I I do. I I see them looking at Edinburgh. I I I see them uh, looking maybe at Barcelona. I I see them trying to extend that footprint because I think they know that hockey, uh, the NHL, and I think they know the NBA are literally every day looking ahead and saying, how can we establish a division overseas? Um, that's where the growth is going to be. Uh, there is a, uh, the, just the, the way those games sold out over there uh, th when they were put on sale. Um, I, I think the Chiefs Miami game, did I see th they had a million requests for tickets? I mean, some ridiculous number. It's, it's amazing what uh, the response of the NFL is. And I know that as global as the NBA is, uh, and they play games over there, but they know that they can go over there and, and knock it out of the park. I mean, I think they could, NBA could put three, four teams there right now, have a division, have teams go over there, play all those teams. I think the NFL sees that as well. Could they, could they establish some, could they put two or three teams, four teams over there, make another division in all the, in all the cities we all know about, and uh, have a team go over there and, and maybe be gone for three weeks and play the other three teams, sending one team over here to play for maybe three weeks. I, I, I think logistically something is on the books where they can figure that out. And if they do, 
Um, then we can get over there a little bit more. But right now, Fox and the NFL Network have all those games, unfortunately, and we're not uh, we're not going over there, which is a crime because I, uh, I I love my time over there. We, we've had Wembley. I've done a couple games at Wembley, Tottenham. I've done those. So I I love. And then with the old uh, European League, the old NFL Europe League, the World League of American Football. When I was at Fox back in the uh, mid '90s. Uh, I was in Barcelona and Amsterdam doing games, um, Edinburgh. Um, um, uh, so I, I have a, a great appreciation for the love of pro football overseas. And I wish I wish we could get over there more. Absolutely. Uh, and we'd love to get you over here. We've been, we're very lucky with the games we've got this year. They're very good. I think Germany's been given some real cracking games as well. Yep. Yep. I think, yeah. And to your point, we we were, sh- you know, people were talking to us about struggling to get tickets. I've seen screenshots where there were 600,000 people in the queue as people were trying to get tickets. Chaos. The, the demand here is unreal. It genuinely is there. And I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how the league uh, pushes that to its boundaries uh, and, and takes everyone with them. So fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Cameron, can I can I just say, Kevin, that's the first time I've actually heard what I would call a more cohesive argument for the NFL coming over. I think what we've heard before is we could stick a team in London, but actually what you're talking about, putting one in London, one in Barcelona, one say in Amsterdam and one in Germany, actually rounds out the bigger picture because I'd be against a single team coming because I think there's too much travel involved. But I'd never, yeah, I'd never actually thought of sticking a, an overseas conference. That, that certainly, that, that's interesting. That is a very Paul, interesting we got, we got these 16-man practice squads, and college football is producing some great players. Um, you might have a bit of a deficit in quality of play. We saw it with the NBA when they expanded back in the late 80s, um, and, and it takes a while for a league to kind of catch its breath once you bring in that. The only the only problem would be if you brought in four teams, it would be a pretty big hit to the, to the uh, strength of – of teams and the quality of play just because you would dilute it a little bit trying to field four more teams, but you could certainly put two teams over there. And it's, it's just, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a, a, a question of if, but when for one of the major sports leagues here, probably not baseball, although I know there was a game at Wembley, um, uh, but, but not baseball, but I, I do see with NBA NHL has always been international and in the NFL, I think I think what team who's going to blink first and say we're, we're doing it. We're putting two teams over there. We're going to expand, and uh, I, I think it's closer than we all think. Uh, there's just so much money. This United States market is uh, you know they they they're hitting every revenue stream they can, and I don't know anything more than than you, you two guys, but uh, it just it just the way the league is building and the international exposure. And adding games and the response, uh, I, I don't know what more you need to say. You can put at least two games, two teams over there full time, and and if you if you really sat down to paper and pencil, you you could you can make the thing work. I really believe there's a uh, there's an argument for it. So, uh, or maybe there'll be two traveling teams that are Europe based, but maybe one team in Germany and one team in the UK. And maybe they play a couple games in Edinburgh. Maybe they play a couple games in London. Maybe they play a couple games in Manchester. And, and then, and then, and then the other, the other, uh, maybe, maybe they play a game in Dublin. We just saw Notre Dame go to Dublin yeah. and play, and 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 that they had forty thousand Irish alums fly to Dublin. Forty thousand flew over there to see that game. Where if they couldn't get in, 
be a part of of what is so special about Ireland. So, um, no, it, it's there, and and I, I don't know how much more evidence these leagues are going to need before they say we got to do it. And if we don't do it, we're going to be behind. And you never want to be behind. You want to be at the front of the curve. And I don't think there'll be any disappointment there. They've proven they can make it work with the travel. You put a team, uh, you say the Packers go over there. Packers could play a game in New York. So they'd already be on the East coast and then take the six and a half hour flight over to London. That's like flying from Seattle to Miami or, or from Boston to, to Los Angeles. I mean, that that's how long it takes. It's, it's, it's no different. So it's there, there's, uh, it's, I, I, I don't know anything more than me just talking to you guys, but it's in the works. It's got to be the the evidence is too overpowering. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And until then, we'll continue to welcome all the great NFL teams that they'll send over here to play games. Listen, and it's brilliant. You talked about Murrayfield. Obviously, we've talked to you about this before, but, you know, you covered that World Bowl final when the Claymores won it. For us, you know, we're getting ready for the season week two NFL. We've just had a brand new Top Golf open in Glasgow. It's the first that we've had in Scotland. It's very like the American experience. We've got 120 NFL fans descending on Top Golf for week two, and we'll be joined by Scott Cooper, who was wide receiver for the Claymores, and he's going to tell us some stories about that World Bowl game. So, you know, the, the growth is here in Scotland. We can ri- round up a bunch of people to go watch it together and enjoy the game. So, you it's know, it's got to be next. I mean, Glasgow or, or Edinburgh, right? I mean, that, that that to me is the next logical uh, area to get a game. Um, and I think when they find out how much uh, football means over there um, uh, and with with great fans like yourselves, but you're obviously reporters and you're, you're in a different area, but uh, it, it's there. It's clearly there. And I think they knew it back in the 90s with uh, NFL Europe or the World League of American Football. It changed names a couple times, but but it, it's there. And um, and it would be fun. Be a lot of fun. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Kevin Harlan, thank you so much for joining us again. This is our newest, favoritist tradition having you on. Lovely to chat as ever. Um, look forward to those week one, those busy games that you've got. Uh, thank you for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Paul. Always an honor to be on with uh, with you two. You're b- both incredibly knowledgeable. I'm always stunned how far the NFL reaches, and you're just another great example of people that know this league ins- as well as any reporter over here. So I feel like I could be talking to two guys from Baltimore covering the Ravens or uh, <laughs> or, or, or the Seattle Seahawks. You guys are terrific, and it's, it's an honor to be on with you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Genuinely, thank you, Kevin. 